last week, Mark taught uh, uh, about uh, feeding the 5,000. Um, he taught about how uh, one little boy showed up and was able to play a part in a miracle that would go down in history, that would live throughout history, that would go into the Bible, and people would talk about it forever. And it was just this one little boy. Now, it was Jesus that took the food and multiplied it. But imagine the one little boy was able to be a part of that miracle. He was able to play a part in something so incredible that no one would ever forget and we would talk about for ages. I want you to think about that today. How does your life play a part in history? Now, you won't go into the Bible. It's written. It's done. That's, you're not going to get your shout out in the Bible. That's not going to happen. But what if you could play that part for someone in your life? You see, God puts people in your life, and he plans to use you. But what, what if you could play that part? And so last week, Mark talked about how sometimes we feel like we see these people and they feel like it looks like they're so full of the Spirit. They, they look so uh, incredibly faithful and it feels intimidating. Um, I've been teaching youth for about 10 years and I can tell you that's pretty common that you feel like, oh, wow, it's, it's, Mark has this incredible faith. Like, look at Malcolm. He's just incredible. How can I ever be like that? How can I ever do that? And what I want to tell you tonight is, is that it's common for you to feel kind of intimidated, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be that way. You see, God has given you a faith. God has given you a spirit inside of you. And no matter how impossible it looks, now how, no matter how impossible it sounds, you can have great faith. And so I want to tell you a story today that kind of illustrates that. We all kind of struggle with limiting beliefs. If you really were honest, uh, no matter how much you put it out there that you're confident, we all kind of struggle with these limiting ideas, these limiting beliefs. And no matter what it is, whatever the thing is that seems impossible to you, we all dream, right? We all have these ideas. We all think like, oh gosh, if I could you know, make the team or, or, or if I could be in that play or, or maybe something you dream about is, is to, uh, for, for your home to come back together. We all kind of struggle with certain things. But like the impossible thing can be possible when you trust God. And so the story that I want to talk to you about tonight is a story that we often know. Um, we, we, we've heard it so many times it's about Jesus walking on the water. And the one thing that I want you to understand when you think about something as, as what sounds so crazy about walking on water is you can do the impossible thing when you trust God. But the problem is, is it's our fears, right? It's that, it's that voice inside of us that says, no, you can't do that. No, that's, that's impossible. You can't be like that. You can't be a person of faith. You can't do this. There's always that chatter in the background, right? We always struggle with those things. And one of the things I wanted to, to point out to you tonight is our fears is what often distracts us from the impossible, what seems like impossible things that God wants to do in our lives. It's the fear, right? A lot of the time, it's the fear you have to fight. It's not necessarily your enemies. It's the fear that says, no, you can't do that. See, that's how the enemy speaks to you. Sometimes he whispers and he says, no, 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 you're not good enough. You can't be like that. Just go ahead and, and, and forget about those types of things. See, but God can do impossible things in your life. And I want you to know that, and hopefully we can see that through this story. Matthew 14, 22 through 23. Uh, 
Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side. They had just done the miracle. They had just had this feeding of the 5,000. This great thing happened. But the sad part about it is, is that the people there, um, you would think they would be amazed, right? You see a little boy show up with a little bit of food, and Jesus multiplies it to feed what in the Bible says 5,000, but when you add in the women and the children, it could be anywhere from 15 to 20,000 people, right? They see this incredible miracle, but the problem is, is they just saw the thing that he did. They didn't think about what he did. They saw the food and they thought, oh, good, finally, someone's going to feed us. They were thinking about the food, but he had more to do there. There was more going on there. And so, they started crowding him because they wanted more. And so Jesus says, okay, that's it. You guys go get in the boat and I'm gonna send everybody home. And so he says, get back in the boat, cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After he sent them home, he went up to the hills to pray by himself. Typical Jesus off praying by himself. Night falls while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting the heavy waves. So the most important part of this passage, you would think is, oh, that's Jesus, he's off praying by himself, you know, normal, typical stuff. You might think it's them um, struggling with this storm that's come up and just thrashing their boat, right? They're out in the middle of the lake. It's not lake, like a small lake. This is... A, a vast lake. It would, it would have been about four, four miles wide with hills all around. And so these storms just come out of nowhere and often will trash this lake. And so um, they're in the middle. So they're out by themselves and you're thinking, okay, well, that's the important part. No, right. Like, think about this. The important part is that Jesus was the one that told them to get into the boat. Jesus was the one who sent them into the storm. And you might be sitting there thinking like, well, why would he do that? You, but think about this. Jesus is God in human form. And so not only does he have control over the wind and the storms, but he also knows the future. So he saw this coming. This was not a surprise to Jesus. When he put them in the boat when he said, you go across, he knew they were going to hit a storm right in the middle of it. And so why would Jesus do that? A lot of the time we feel like, well, gosh, you know, like the devil's attacking me. Not today, Satan. Well, what happens when the thing you're in, the storm you're in, is actually something that God allowed in your life? You see, God does want to use you. God does have plans for your life. I don't care how young you are. I don't know where you are. I don't care what mistakes you've made. God already does have plans for your life. But here's the thing, is that he needs to strengthen you. And so he will allow storms to come into your life. The other thing that we know is that not only does God know the future, he knew the storm was coming, he knew that they would make it through the storm. And so he sends the storm. He allows them to go into this storm because he knew that it was going to build their faith. 
And so that's the thing is a lot of the time we struggle with why are these things happen to me? Why does, why does bad things happen to, to good people? Why? I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm trying to do my best. Why do bad things happen to me? Well, see, God will allow things into your, hap- into your life so that you are strengthened. You see, at the time, the believers had, the, the followers of Christ, they had okay faith. They had simple faith. They had sunshine faith is what they had. When things were good, when the food was going out, they had faith. But you see, Jesus knew what he was going to send them to do. He knew that they would have to go out and spread the gospel amongst all of the nations. He knew that they were going to come against persecution, and he knew they were going to have to have sturdier faith. And so I've seen this happen in my own life so many times. God has allowed a storm in my life, but he showed me who he was in the storm. And he built my faith through that. And so you might be sitting here and you might have sunshine faith, but God is going to allow difficulties in your life. He's going to allow struggle in your life so that you can have storm faith, like struggle faith. Some of us need savage faith. We need to be able to go up against the things in life and not crumble. The one thing that I want, I want the devil to know, the one thing that I want him to know is you keep pushing me, you keep coming against me, all you're going to do is lead me to the cross. You're just going to push me to my knees. So bring it. Bring whatever you want. And so that's what Jesus is doing in our lives. He's allowing those difficulties. He's allowing the struggles. He's allowing the challenges, what? To build your faith because he has big plans for you. And so he's going to allow those things in your life to show you who he is and to make you stronger. And so, verse 25, it was about 3 a.m. So he left them out there for a little while. Like, he could have caught them at the beginning of the night. When he sent them off, it was around 8 o'clock in the evening. And so he lets it hang for a little while. Sometimes Jesus will do that. Sometimes God works in your life, and he'll say, you know what, I'm going to let that sit for just a little bit longer. Because sometimes you need to come to the end of yourself. We try to fix things. We try to come up with our own solutions. We come up with our own ideas. No, 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 I'm going to deal with this. No, 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 I'm going to ask my friends. I'm going to crowdsource uh, answers on social media. Stop doing that. That's what this is for, is to give you resources. But we try to fix things on our own. And so God will often let things hang for just a little bit longer. You might be sitting there thinking, I didn't think this storm was going to last this long. But he wants to bring you to the point where you're done with yourself and you're ready for him. And so it's 3 a.m. They're just getting beat up. Another version, uh, uh, another one of the gospels talks about that they're just paddling like crazy. They're straining. These are fishermen. They're familiar with this lake. They've been in this situation before, but it's just too much. And so they hit that point of no return. It's about three o'clock in the morning. Jesus came toward them walking on the water, y'all. Seriously, this is how he shows up. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Here's the thing you got to understand. God is going to call you to do big things but he's not going to force you to do it on your own. 
You're never on your own. He's not going to put you out there with a big calling and no resources. You see, God is with us every step of the way. God is what we call omnipresent. He's everywhere, but he's here in your heart, and he's giving you the strength to do what you need to do. He's always been with us. That's the thing that we have to understand. If you read your Bible you know, cover to cover, you'll see he was there in the Old Testament. He spoke to Moses. He walked with Adam and Eve. In the New Testament, Jesus showed up in person and walked out these things. He didn't just say, here's a book. You guys figure it out. He said, look, I'm going to show up and teach you how to do these things. And then when Jesus was raptured up, we have the Spirit inside of us. He didn't leave you to figure this out on your own. He gives us his Spirit so that we can understand where he's leading us. He gives us the strength to do it and the peace to understand what's going on. See, that's how God works in your life. Yes, he's going to call you to do big things, but no, he's not going to leave you alone to do it on your own. And so, There's Jesus, and he's like, man, I'm here. Fear not. Don't don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged, because I am with you. Verse 28, then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you. Have you ever had one of those moments? I don't know about you. I've had those moments where I'm like, God, if it's you, if you're real, God, if, if you're really real, If you've never had that conversation, then you need to. Take a moment from time to time and be like, God, if it's really you. See, that's what Mark was talking about last week. He said, give God a chance. He said, open up your eyes, open up your heart, open up your mind to the possibility that God can do great things in your life. And so sometimes we need to have that conversation because at some point, it's gotta be your faith. It can't be your your mama's faith. It can't be Mark's faith. It can't be Malcolm's faith. It's got to be your faith. You have to make it real. And so Peter's in that moment. He's sitting there and he says, Jesus, if it's really you, if it's you, if you're real, if you're actually doing what you say in my life, Father, if it's you, let me know. And so sure enough, he says, If it's really you, tell me to come to you. Wait, what? Hold on a second. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water, and the first thing that runs through his mind is, hey, if it's you, let me jump out of the boat. Like, this man is crazy. If you, I I, I would implore you, study the Bible and read about Peter, man. This guy's nuts. He did some of the boldest things, but I love him because he's kind of one of those people, like, you want him to team because you don't know really what he's going to do, but you kind of want to see it happen. Like if you've got a friend like that, you're like, I don't really know what he's going to do, but it's probably going to be awesome. And so that's the type of person Peter is. And he says, God, if it's really you, Jesus, if it's really you out there, then call me out. And what does Jesus say? Yes, come. Jesus says, so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Sometimes we struggle with if we can do certain things. Can I be a believer like that? Can I follow Christ? Can I be strong in my faith? You see, we struggle with if. You see, but God says, I wouldn't have told you to do it if I wasn't going to make it possible for you to do it. 
See, that's the thing you have to understand. God doesn't call you to do things that you can't do. Peter couldn't walk on the water. But when Jesus said, come, he already made it possible. See, we struggle. Like, do I have what it takes? Am I the type of person? God's got to laugh at us a little bit when he says, do I have what it takes? You see, God knows what he put in you. And he knows what he left out. And he gave you exactly what you need to carry out the calling on your life. He wouldn't have asked you to do it if he wasn't going to make it possible. See, all of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God created you exactly to be who he planned for you to be. And he gave you the things that you need to do the things that he's going to call you to do. I mean, he calls you his masterpiece I can imagine God just sitting there finishing with somebody and be like, ooh, I can't wait to see this person do what I called them to do. Setting all these great things that you're going to do, these great changes that you're going to make, the people that you're going to save, the people you're going to help, God already put that in your future. You just got to step into it. And so there's Peter. He's like, God, if it's really you, let's do it. God is not afraid to prove to you who he is. Do you get that? He is not afraid. He has exactly what he needs for you to understand who he is. He's got everything. And so when you step out, he's already made it possible. So verse 30, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, this is Peter, he, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus says. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped, and the disciples worshipped him. You are really the Son of God, they all exclaimed. You see, when you have your eyes on Christ, he enables you to do those things. When you start paying attention to everything around you, when you start paying attention to the haters, when you start paying attention to the naysayers, then that's when you lose sight. See, but the most important part about this, the most important part of this whole thing is that when he cried out for help, where was Jesus? It says, it's right there in the scripture. It says, save me, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Kelly, uh, grab my hand. Um, just, no. You see, we're not close enough for her to grab my hand. But that's the thing is, when you're close, when someone's going down, I got you. You gotta stay close. In order for you to do the things that God is calling you to do, in order to step into your destiny, you gotta know him. You gotta know him personally. And so he is going to call you to do something incredible with your life. He does have a destiny for you. It is going to be bigger than you can do on your own, but he's going to be with you. But you got to trust him. And so I really hope 
that you would do what Mark said last week. Just give God a chance. Just give him that opportunity. Just open the door a little bit. You see, God is a gentleman. He's going to knock, and he's going to knock. And he's going to keep knocking. He'll never stop knocking on your door, but it's going to take you to open it. It's going to be your choice. And so I hope you do what Mark says last week when he said, just give God a chance. What do you have to lose? Let's pray.